What up, bar guys? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and please don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Cheers, Calvin. It's Wednesday. Cheers. <laughs> I like that hand, dude. It's a little, yeah. swollen, a little swollen. Mm. Welcome in, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 13th. This is the third installment of Basketball at the Bar Live. We are here today currently watching the Spurs take on the Pelicans. Spurs didn't really show up to this game so far. I know they were talking about earlier that they packed for a four-day trip because they intended to go uh, and play the Clippers. I hope they brought their fishing poles. Win that game, too. But they are not playing well. And, you know, as far as our prediction on yesterday's show, it's going. Both games are going yeah, four, four teams perfect. played today. Well, let me take that back. Four teams scheduled to play today. Only two teams actually played today. Yes, the Hawks destroyed the Hornets earlier today, and we're going to discuss that after this game is complete. But we just thought we'd hang out here and watch uh, the the rest of this Spurs Pelicans game with you all. Give us uh, or give you our commentary and just kind of comment on on how everything's going so far. So Calvin, you know, currently the score in this game is ninety seven to eighty eight. It's actually a lot closer than it should be. It is because they were getting blown out at one point. But uh, what are your thoughts on this game, other than McCollum playing incredible? Um, yes, CJ is having a huge game. Um, Valanciunas has already got another double-double. You know, Brandon Ingram, who knows exactly how healthy he is, but he's sitting at 19 points and five assists right now. Uh, both of today's games, just a story of lack of defensive awareness on the perimeter. One team red hot from the field and the other team ice cold uh, in this game san antonio shooting just a shade under 42 percent from the field and only 33 percent from outside however the pelicans are shooting 56 percent from the field and 44 percent from downtown the shooting disparities for both of these games are enormous and that has been the difference so far yeah home cooking is pretty amazing right yes <laughs> it's crazy we've watched Four games now in the play-in, and it seems like only the home teams win. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, that that happens. What I'm, uh, I guess, disappointed with, you know, yesterday's games, the Brooklyn-Cleveland game was at one point a blowout. Cleveland kind of made a game of it at the end. They were entertaining games to watch, though. They Both games were close towards the end of the game. That Minnesota-LA uh, Clippers game was wire-to-wire -wire close, basically. But they were... They had playoff-style atmospheres behind them, you know? These two games, they just illustrate to me why I don't like the play-in. Because <laughs> you've got a bunch of teams that I don't think deserve to be here, and one of them is going to end up advancing and possibly has a chance to sneak into this, this round of 16 when they're probably going to get swept. So it's, it's just hard to watch bad basketball when the basketball – the level of basketball is supposed to be so much better now that we're turning the page to the postseason, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, both teams could lose on Friday, 
And, That's true. you know, it could just be the top eight teams. We got to see six extra games of basketball. But you're right. You know, this definitely dilutes the product a little bit here. Uh, you know, we saw yesterday's game. The Timberwolves were celebrating like they won a championship <laughs> after that victory. Uh, and I know they got some flack for that. But as far as today goes, it seems like both of these games are pretty one-sided. Not that this Spurs game is over quite yet. They are making no, a run here. You know, this to me, I'm a little worried if I'm the Pelicans at this point because this is what Greg, Greg Popovich does, right, is he makes adjustments at halftime. He kind of lets his team just stick around there. And then the last two minutes of this game are going to be super important. And the Spurs are actually playing pretty good team ball. They have six guys in double figures right now scoring. Uh, it's a pretty balanced attack for them. Uh, you know, the Pelicans, they're playing well. CJ McCollum is playing incredibly well. Brandon Ingram's in foul trouble. Uh, there's been a few people in foul trouble in this game. Uh, I think Jackson Hayes as well. Yeah. Uh, but Pretty wild that they start Valanciunas and Jackson Hayes in yeah. this game. That's, that's a lot of size in there. <laughs> it is. It is. And, you know, while we're on commercial right now, I, I just, you know, I was thinking about it today. I was like, wow, Valanciunas is is a great player, right? Like he can do so many different things. And yes. they're mentioning on Be the broadcast. Better than Steven Adams, right? <laughs> so that's exactly <laughs> what I want to talk about. So, uh, you know, they were mentioning during the broadcast here, right after he airballed a three-pointer, they were like, <laughs> he was actually leading the league in three-point percentage for a portion of the season, which is absolutely which is wild. So crazy to think about because there's been guys shooting over 40, well over 40% yeah. all season long. Yeah, yeah, so it's pretty incredible, right? And then you look back, he's been on three teams now. He's very productive in Toronto, uh, but he's gotten better since he's left. He was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I said Memphis, not Minnesota. Yes. He was traded to the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, you know, for Marcus Gasol. That trade ended up working out for the Raptors because they win a title. Yeah. But then Gasol leaves, goes to the Lakers, wins another <laughs> title. Yeah, it does. <laughs> And then you look at uh, at um, Memphis. They didn't hold on to Valanciunas very long, and then they flipped him for Stephen Adams. Pretty much like a direct flip here, and that's after the Pelicans had traded for Stephen Adams from right. uh, Oklahoma City. So you know both of these guys have switched teams. They're both playing well, and both teams are playing incredibly well. So I want to hear your thoughts on the fit with Valanciunas on this Pelicans team versus the Grizzlies, and Steven Adams as well? Well, I think the fit for both players on each respective team is a great fit. I mean, you look at Memphis. They led the league this year in rebounding and block shots. Steven Adams is obviously a big part of that. Uh, Valanciunas just he gives you a little bit more, right? Like, he, he can score more. He's a much better shooter than Steven Adams is. His offensive game is much more versatile but he's still going to give you the rebounds. He's not maybe as much of an interior uh, rim protector or, or shot-blocking threat, but he's still going to get him because he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. So I, I love the fit for both of these guys on both teams. I, I personally feel that Valanciunas is the better player overall, so I like what New Orleans did here. But you can't argue that it was the wrong, wasn't a good move for Memphis. They're the second seed. Steven Adams has been a the pillar in the middle for them all year long, mm -hmm. very productive in his own right. Um, and as I mentioned, they lead the league in all those categories and they're a well-rounded team. So it, it works for both of them. 
Yeah, I think this is a perfect example of a win-win trade, right, that works out for both teams. My question for you, I know you said Valanchunas is the better player, but fit is super important. If Valanchunas is on the Grizzlies, are they a better or worse team? And if Steven Adams is on this Pelicans team, are they worse since he's not as good of a player in your mind? Uh, I'm not sure. I do. Well, Memphis is just the better team overall, right? Mm -hmm. So if you switch these two guys, I think New Orleans still ends up with a worse record overall than Memphis because Memphis is just a better team. They're deeper. Um, I, I think they've got more uh, firepower when it comes to athleticism um, and wing depth. They've got a, a bunch of really good wing defenders as well. New Orleans has just recently taken this team to a new level because they acquired C.J. McCollum, right? He's been a huge game changer for them. So I think that that's the bigger deal here when we're looking at, you know, how these teams shake out. Yeah. Uh, I still think Valanciunas is the better player, but I don't know if you swap if you were to swap both these guys. I think both teams probably end up right around the same spot. Okay. And because of the whole the way the whole team has to work around them. Yeah. It's not like you know, you put Valanchunas on any team in the league and that team automatically wins five to ten more games. Yeah, I think that Memphis has a few more guys that can handle the ball on that team than the Pelicans after they lost Lonzo Ball, uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, so I, I think that Valanchunas can do a little bit more on this Pelicans team, right? Like he can – we saw him taking the ball up the court in this game – and, yeah. you know, that's not something that Steven Adams does. And that's something no, that not. you don't need from your center on that Memphis team. Yeah. Even with Ja Morant out, they're perfectly fine because they have so many guys that can that can move the ball, uh, you know. So I, I agree. I think that uh, – I really think Valanciunas gets overlooked a lot, actually. And part of that is because we've got all these incredibly talented centers in the league right mm -hmm. now, right? You've got Jokic and Embiid who are at the top of the MVP race. So Valanciunas, he does a lot of the same things that both of those guys do. He's not as good of a passer as Jokic. He's probably not as good of a, um, a post-up player as Embiid in terms of the types, different types of moves, fadeaways, and things like that. But he is a very, very skilled big man in his own right, and, and I think gets overlooked a lot. What's up, Priest? Good to see you here. You did say the T-Wolves would win, and... That's right. And now we get the, what, are, what was I calling them? The Memphisota Grizzly Wolves series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be confusing and exciting. Very exciting. But, yeah, the the Pelicans are really having some problems here. They They played extremely well in the first half of this game. I think they were up by, like, what, 33 at one point? Uh, I, I think Maybe their largest lead was quite. 21. Okay, 21. Still a lot. And they're struggling right now. They yeah, really are. They've, well, they were shooting really, really well early on, and, and now they've started to go a little cold, which is why uh, San Antonio has been able to kind of creep their way back in here. But, you know, with under six minutes now, oh, that's a, a big block. defensive play right there. San Antonio needs to go at Brandon Ingram. They need to get him out of here. He's already got four fouls. Make him pick up the fifth. That really limits him, both on offense and defense, because Brendan Ingram, you know, like, he likes to get his spot. He can work inside, uh, but he's not going to be that aggressive if he's got five fouls. That's true, and New Orleans is also going to have Brandon Ingram. I, I'm not sure exactly who he's guarding right now, maybe Keldon Johnson, but either way, he, he, they're 
the Pelicans are going to try to hide him, quote-unquote, defensively, right? He's not going to be guarding DeJounte Murray. So you're going to have a situation where uh, whoever he's on, that's maybe not necessarily their game to try to go at him one-on-one. I want to hear your thoughts on Herb Jones. I know he's a rookie this year, second-round pick. I think he was number 35 overall. Doris Burke has just been raving about him in this game, about he how he's you know the best rookie defender. I don't know if I agree with that because there's a guy named Davion Mitchell uh, who is who's also a rookie and a pretty good defender uh, himself. But he's got 10 points tonight, two blocks, a steal. He's playing pretty good. And I've heard quotes from people around the league saying he is the best at drawing charges that they have ever seen. Yeah, so Herb Jones uh, is a guy, went to Alabama. Actually, Joshua Primo, who is a rookie for the San Antonio Spurs, they were on the same team last year. Um, But Herb Jones is exactly what Doris Burke is talking about. He is a very long, athletic, versatile defender, averaged almost two steals a game and nearly a block per game this year. He played in 78 games uh, for the Pelicans this season, so... He is definitely a, a top uh, rookie defender, I would say. Davion Mitchell is a great on-ball defender, but he doesn't have anywhere near the length that Herb Jones does, right? So yep. Herb Jones is a more versatile guy. He can be switched off to and, and guard probably a one, maybe two more positions than Davion Mitchell can. Yeah, this Pelicans team has really done a great job in adding talent. You know, They were in a very tough situation with Anthony Davis wanting out. They're able to flip him for a bunch of talent. You know, they pretty much let all those guys go, right? Lonzo Ball's gone. Josh Hart's gone. They still yeah, have Brandon team Ingram. looks almost nothing like <laughs> what yeah. it looked like just a couple of seasons ago. They still have Brandon Ingram. They signed him to a max deal. He's been playing incredibly well. As I said, you know, they were able to draft Herb Jones in the second round. Yep. Credit to uh, David Griffin there. They traded for Valanchunas. He's been playing incredibly well. They brought in CJ McCollum this year. You know, for you, Calvin, what is like what do the Pelicans need to do to take the next step? Man, that's a good question. I, I think they probably need to add more depth on this team. You know, outside of all of those guys that you just mentioned, they don't have much comp for them coming off the bench. And and of course, this is not having Zion hurts that right because somebody has to start over him um so getting zion back will help add a little bit more to their depth but i I love their starting lineup i I mean whoever you're going to have playing point guard it almost doesn't even matter to go along with cj brandon ingram zion and valanchunas that's a great start Mm -hmm. right there you know i'm not i would have to see how that team performs throughout the course of a season i'm not ready to sit here and say once Zion comes back, they're automatically, you know, a top five team in the West. But you have to think that they're going to be better than what they are right now. And uh, they ended the season playing really, really good basketball. So they're certainly a dangerous team and a team to keep your eye on. It's credit to David Griffin, right? Because after Anthony Davis demands his way out, DeMarcus Cousins gets hurt. You're thinking, how is this team going to survive? That You know, you're you have flashbacks to the Chris Paul uh, leaving, and, and you're just like, right. how, how is this franchise ever going to recover? But they end up getting Zion, uh, and now they've made these other acquisitions not through the draft, right? So that's all David Griffin's work. 
getting Valanciunas, getting C.J. McCollum. He has done everything he's needed to do to keep this team relevant. Now it's a question of getting them back 100% healthy and what do they look like. Yeah, speaking of Zion, we actually saw him pregame warming up, dunking, yep. <laughs> doing all sorts of stuff on the court. I know they said that he's probably not going to be available for a first-round matchup against Phoenix. However, he's not ruled out for the season. So not that I say they're going to beat Phoenix or anything like that, but they haven't ruled him out for the season, so it is possible that we could see him. But for me, you know, I'm going back to the whole Valanchunas thing, and this team really is lacking a point guard, in my opinion. I think that that's really what they need to add. I like Devontae don't, Graham don't a lot. Don't forget, they also have Kyra Lewis Jr., who I think was the 13th overall pick yep. in last year, or two drafts ago. Um, and he was a guy they had high hopes for, tore his ACL. Yep. So he's missed this entire season, but... Yeah, they got Devontae Graham coming off the bench. Uh, your guy, Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. Love the nickname. Also coming off the bench. But they didn't even start a point guard in this game. Like They, yeah. they started basically two forwards, a shooting guard, and two centers. Again, another reason why adding C.J. McCollum to this team is so important, right? Mm -hmm. Because C.J. is not a traditional point guard, but he can definitely fill that role for you. Great ball handler, good decision maker, and of course, a, a phenomenal scorer. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that said that CJ and Dame couldn't thrive together in Portland because they basically did the same thing. Now CJ's in a different location, and he has the freedom and the ability. He's got the ball now, and uh, he's doing great things. What's he at now? 32 points on the day. 12 of 21 from the field. Four rebounds, six assists, a block. He's having a decent game. He's having a very good game. I think this team as, needs to pass expected. the ball a little bit more, though. I'm, I'm yeah. just looking here. They don't have very many assists in this game. He's leading the game with six assists. You got Brandon Ingram with five. Herb Jones has got three. And then you pretty much don't have much from the rest of the guys. So Well, CJ and, and Brandon Ingram are two uh, isolation one-on-one -on -one players, right? Yep. Um, they, they can make plays for others, but that their primary game is give them the ball, get them space, and let them go and get their own shot. So it's not surprising to me when you're not playing a real point guard or a true point guard for most of the game, that you're not going to have that many assists on this team. Yeah. That's that's my worry, though. You know, when you're playing this Spurs team, it gets late in this game. You and know, the Spurs you're gonna are need the to complete move the opposite of that, right? Yep. They, they share the ball incredibly well. They actually were the number one team in the league this year in assists per game at just over 28 a game. So, Yeah, this next minute here is going to be really important if uh, – you know, the Pelicans can extend this lead here, or if the Spurs can cut into it, then you got two minutes left in this game. If it's, uh, if it's you know, less than double digits, I, I think the Spurs have a, have a decent chance. But they need to make they, some shots They need here. some buckets pretty quickly here, though. There you That's go, another pass shot. and a there shot. Dude, Devin Vassell up, Jay Drew? has been playing incredible, dude. I, I understand why you wanted the Kings to draft him because oh, yeah. the dude Love is an absolute stud. He is an absolute stud. Three and D. What's up, Jay Drew? Good to see you here. We're just uh, finishing up this Pelican-Spurs game with you guys. There's about two minutes left on the game, and then we are going to break down the Hawks' win over the Hornets. We're going to talk about uh, some teams that have gone fishing today. And then uh, we're going to break down Friday's matchups. Cavaliers, Hawks, All and the marbles. Clippers, 
potentially Pelicans. Calvin uh, closed his hand in a car door earlier, so it's a little swollen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, Greg Popovich has really lost some more hair, huh? Yeah, he definitely looks like he's aged a lot over the past couple of seasons. I mean, he's been through some hard times. Yeah. But oh, man. You funny make story, that. actually. So my family has a, a house up in Maine. It's in this really tiny town right on the coast. And Greg Popovich actually owns a house like a few miles from ours. Never seen him up there, though. What's up, Ivan? Thanks for your prayers and thoughts for Calvin. I was just joking. He's got a Thanks, new buddy. He's got a new koozie hand. It's okay. Yeah, it, it's intimidating to people. So I wish it was green, like the whole yeah, Hulk smash. But then it would disappear. It would. But that would be kind of cool, floating beer, like, you know. Uh, thank you guys all for joining us. How's your guys' day today? Let me know what you guys have been doing. Have you guys been watching basketball all day or what? I went to the beach, and I got absolutely sunburned pretty bad on my stomach. And I was telling the guys earlier, these birds over here are just crazy. I got out of the water, was laying down drying, and this this bird lands on my butt, and I had to, like, shoo him off, dude. He was pretty heavy. It scared me. I thought it was, like, Ashen. I was like, what? What? <laughs> There's a bird on me. Well, I think it's safe to say that this one's over. Oh, nice pass. There Very you nice go. Pass. That's it. Herb Jones with the dunk. Dude, I like him a lot. Yeah, I think the Pelicans really hit on, on that pick, especially for being a second rounder. He's going to be – he has all – all defensive potential. What's your sure. ideal role for him? Because, you know, you, you just talked about the starting lineup on this Pelicans team. I don't think he's a starter when Zion's back. No. So you're just going to bring him off the bench? Is he your sixth man? or? Uh, he's definitely one of the first guys I would bring off the bench. I think Devontae Graham, as long as he stays on this team, is probably the sixth man, right, just because of how quickly he can get hot from outside and, and the scoring that he can give you. Uh, but Herb Jones... Don't get me wrong. Like I just said, he's got all NBA defensive – or, sorry, all defensive team potential. Um, so, yeah, I, I love his fit on this team. He needs to be become a more consistent outside shooter if he's going to really be a, a consistent role player and play some big minutes. But he, he definitely can. Yeah, that's wild, right? One in 12 – for the Pelicans, and now they're fighting for a play-in spot or playoff spot, I mean. Uh-oh. I think it's official, Calvin. Yep, that makes us 3-1 uh, and one on our play-in picks so far. Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is choose the home team. Those pesky is, Timberwolves. Is what I should have done, is just choose the home team every time. Oh, they're going to slow it down here. You know what this reminds me of right here is, uh, do you remember that T-Mac game where he had, like, what was it, like 12 points in? I think it was 13 points. Yeah, in, in like 30 seconds. Yeah. That was crazy. That was pretty incredible. It's like foul three, foul three, <laughs> steal three, three, three. 
Oh man, you guys are at Ra- Ivan's at Raising Cane's drive thru right now. What's man. Raising Cane's? You've never had Raising Cane's before? No. Oh, dude, it's bomb. What is it? Uh, it's like a. Um, what do I compare it to? I mean, it, it's a fast food spot, but they, they have really good, like, fr- all fried food stuff. Okay. It, it's delicious. Okay. That sounds pretty good. We don't have many drive throughs here. I did go through Jollibee's drive through yesterday. Got some fried chicken. Perfect basketball food. <laughs> All right, it's official, guys. The New Orleans Pelicans defeat the San Antonio Spurs 113-103. Greg Popovich can finally go on vacation. His season is over. And now we have our matchups on Friday. Clippers versus Pelicans. Cavaliers versus Hawks. That's pretty exciting. All right, Calvin. So, real quick, before we jump into uh, our recap of the Hornets-Hawks game, I want to give some good news to everybody. You guys are making me so jealous with the in and out now. My (laughs) goodness. Steph Curry practiced in full today. He did. He is expected to be available to play on Saturday. So, good news for all the Warriors fans out there that were afraid they were going to lose in the first round. (laughs) Curry's back, and he's ready to go. And, hey, that's good for all of us basketball fans because another baller out there makes the games more exciting for us to watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, the Warriors, when they're healthy, they're they're one of the all-time great teams. I love watching them. Man, I love that double-double at In-N-Out. You guys need to send us some In-N-Out burger. (laughs) <laughs> what's they're, up brian better when you get to cook them yourself though i know from experience dude when are we gonna do that here we gotta do it soon we gotta do we gotta it do we it gotta really do soon. it all right so to start off the show today <laughs> after <laughs> after the watch party <laughs> Let's start the show we are going to talk about the hawks 132 103 oh there's the oh, clippers dunking before the game we're going to talk about the hawks 132 103 victory yes over the charlotte hornets today you know, two teams showed up, but only one team was playing in this game. It's interesting, Calvin. We talked about this was going to be an absolute uh, – sorry about that. <laughs> this was going to be an absolute, like, gunfight here. We have the fourth and the sixth best scoring teams in the NBA going after each other. Charlotte bra- barely breaks 100 in this case. Yeah. Yeah, this game was uh, – it was over from the time that they jumped it up. Uh, I've, well, a lot of you guys here are Kings fans in the chat, so you know what it's like to see a team give up wide open threes. (laughs) Charlotte gave up an incredible amount of wide open threes. I think the Hawks had five in the first quarter and they never looked back after that. This, this is why Atlanta is dangerous because Trey Young didn't even get off to a good start in this game. But DeAndre Hunter is a guy that I think people forgot about. He missed a lot of time over the past year and a half mm-hmm. due to injuries. He is a great two-way player. And when he's hitting his outside shot, Atlanta is a totally different team. You saw Kevin Herter hit a bunch of threes. Bogdan De- Bogdanovich has been a phenomenal six-man for them all year long. Um, when those guys are knocking down outside shots, Atlanta is a really tough team to deal with. But... Charlotte shot themselves in the foot because 
they just let them take all these wide open threes. I mean, yep. there was zero defense played in this game today. This was not, I realize the playing tournament doesn't count as a postseason <laughs> game, but this was a regular season game all the way. Yeah, I think the same thing can be said for uh, Danilo Gallinari, too, oh, right? Oh, yeah, like, I didn't even mention him. Often injured, people forget how good this guy really is. He played incredibly well today. 7 to 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from three-point range, 18 points, played within himself, only one turnover, great game for him. And when he's available, he just adds another dimension to this Hawks team that already shoots incredible, right? Yeah. We're talking about John Collins is missing the game. What are the Hawks going to do? They got another no guy problem. to just throw right in there who can stretch the floor even better than John Collins and shot lights out in this game. Yeah. Charlotte just wasn't ready for this stage. I mean, they, they don't play defense in general, um, but I, I expected them to give a little bit of a better effort, <laughs> seeing as how this was a winner-go-home game. They didn't. Uh, they were completely lost on defense the whole way through. The rotations were horrible. They, they're not ready for this stage whatsoever. <laughs> and, and Atlanta was. They came out ready to play right from the beginning. They got mm -hmm. off to a really hot start offensively. They did exactly what they needed to do to win this game. You know, we, yep. the only thing we said about Atlanta going into this was, will they uh, have, you know, some kind of mental lapse midway through the game that allows Charlotte to not just get back into it, but take the lead. And they never did that. Charlotte, they would get a little bit close a couple times. I think they would get it down to like six or eight points. Yep. Um, but as soon as that happened, Atlanta answered with another run. And that was early in the game, too. I think the Hornets were up like four in this game in the first quarter, super yeah. early on. And then the Hawks just put their foot on the gas. They were up by 33 at one point, and then they didn't yeah. look back. And the third quarter was yep. lights out for Charlotte. Uh, yep. Lights out for Atlanta shooting, but lights out for Charlotte as <laughs> in it's time to go home and shut it down. Yeah, if you were watching this game, you'd be surprised that these teams have the same exact record this <laughs> season because they just look like a completely different team. And Atlanta showed. They were like, hey, we've been to the playoffs, and we want to go back. So you guys pack your things. You're out of here. One guy that really did impress me, though, on Charlotte tonight was P.J. Washington. We haven't heard that much about him, right? Like, he had a couple really good years right when he got into the NBA was very productive player. He's kind of dropped off since then. He's averaging like 10 and 5 this season. 17 big points today in the game. He shot 70% from the field, 3 of 5 from three-point range, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 big blocks. He was the only guy that looked like he was ready for this game on Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, LaMelo definitely struggled at times shooting um, he, he started chucking threes. Up. He was chucking threes. He hit a, his first couple. So usually when that happens, you know, the guy, anybody, not just LaMelo, but they they feel like they've got it. So they're just going to keep putting those shots up. Um, LaMelo, even if he's not hitting his shots, he still is such a phenomenal passer. I mean, even he makes simple chess passes that are like, you know, six feet away look beautiful. It's just the ball is on a perfect rope. It's right into the shooting pocket. You know, it's, I think it's understated or uh, undervalued that, that skill. Like yeah. even making a simple pass that perfectly can really change things for guys like PJ Washington who get the, get to catch and shoot. 
And uh, as you mentioned, three of five today. So You think MJ and LeVar Ball are arguing now about whose fault it is that they lost this game? MJ's like, LaMelo didn't shoot well at all. And Lonzo's like, no, nah, man, your team, my boy, he did his thing, and your team just didn't show up. Michael Jordan is not <laughs> talking to LeVar Ball. He's not going to waste any second of time talking to LeVar Ball. You don't think they talk at all? His son nope. is the franchise player on the team. Doesn't matter. Nope. MJ's hitting decline on those calls all day long. I'm still waiting for that one-on-one. -on -one. even has his number. Uh, I'm still waiting on, on that one-on-one -on -one matchup. <laughs> I, I guarantee you LaMelo has MJ's number. But oh, LaMelo does. Whether he's sharing not it with LeVar, his dad or not, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, we, we already saw LaMelo break the mold and and sign with an actual shoe company instead of trying to start right. his own. So that right there. I know one guy you said was key. If Charlotte was going to win this game, they were going to need a huge game out of Miles Bridges. He played okay, 5 of 11, 12 points, didn't make a three in this game, but they needed a ton out of him for this game to even be close. They did, and they really missed Gordon Hayward too. Yep. Yeah, Gordon Hayward was – he's a great player. Uh, it just Charlotte's got to figure out their front line. I, I, I don't know what they're doing. They just keep rotating players in and out. Now they traded for Montrezl Harrell at the deadline this year. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Montrezl Harrell as a player. I like P.J. Washington. But I, I don't think they have any consistency in their, their lineups and their rotations when it comes to their forwards and centers. And I think they need to upgrade if they're going to take – upgrade talent-wise if they're going to become a better team. Yeah, Obviously, was, they have to play better defense to become a better team. Too, I was but. surprised, uh, you know, that uh, Mason Plumley only played 11 minutes in this game. It, it was pretty interesting. But, yeah, on the subject of Montrezl Harrell, I, I thought he played pretty good in limited time. He only played 16 minutes. But it's just interesting looking at this Washington Wizards team, and you're like, what are you guys doing? They just keep cycling players through. We saw John Wall traded. Uh, you know, since then we've seen Russell Westbrook in and out. I think, didn't we see uh, Dwight Howard there for a minute a few seasons ago? Then he was out. They sent out Montrez Harrell. Uh, they they brought in Spencer Dinwiddie, sent him out. Yeah, it's like, it's like cycling what is players. going on here? At, at what point is Bradley Beal like, all right, guys, I'll, I'll actually want to have a couple guys that I play with for a few years and develop some chemistry. He's got, uh, you know, the unicorn there now who's been injured like the past two years, basically. It's just interesting what's going on there with the Wizards. Yeah. And not a surprise that they missed the playoffs this year as well. I would love to see LeVar versus MJ. I think we all would. I, I think we could honestly probably do a pay-per-view for that. Uh, but the thing is, is Michael Jordan, what is his motivation to do that, right? Oh, he has zero motivation. He's got no motivation. You can't motivate that guy by money. He's already got plenty of money. Yeah. And uh, he he already knows he's going to destroy yeah. LeVar Ball. Yeah, the only way it, it happens is if MJ decides to take it personal, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. LeVar Ball would do it for the money, even if he was going to get worked. Oh, LeVar Ball would. He would do it. He would do yeah, it for the money. Of course he would. He would. Anybody else that impressed you on this Hornets team? I know there's not many. No, I, I can't really. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any real positives to take away from this game it was just so bad uh, a defensive effort i mean that's been the story with them all year long yeah they they usually score a ton of points and so they stay in games and they actually had an above uh 500 record on the road this year which is kind of amazing but it, if you're gonna give up 
wide open shots time yeah. and time again, um, especially to a team at home that it can really shoot it. You dig yourself an incredibly deep hole to get out of. Yeah, and the bench played like shit for them in this game. I, I was surprised. I forgot that Isaiah Thomas was on this team, and I saw him out there. I'm like, Isaiah Thomas? What are you doing out there? He hits a three in this game, but only one for four from the field, only played six minutes. I mean, I, I don't know what to think about Isaiah Thomas at this point. I root for the guy. I'm just but happy just... for him that he finally got uh, out of the 10-day contracts and, and back to uh, a real an actual player in the league again. Yeah. You know, it was a long road back for him. Yeah, and it's official. Anybody that was on a 10-day contract had to be converted to a fully guaranteed contract to be eligible for the playoffs. So there are no 10-day contracts for anybody on these playoff teams right now or play-in teams. All right, let's take a look here at the Hawks because, as I mentioned, they played incredible. Six guys in double figures – you know, this this reminded me of a Coach Bud Hawks team where they just shot the ball well, they passed the ball well, 11 more assists for uh, for Trey Young. What would they say? He was like the first player to lead uh, a season in total assists and total points since like 1970 or something he's, like that? He's the first guy to do it in both college and the pros okay. since 1973. Wild. Wow, Calvin is much better memory than than I. Gallinari, as I mentioned, eighteen points. DeAndre Hunter, twenty two for him. Clint Capella had a huge game, fifteen he and did. seventeen, and, and I expected him to. This dude this is so underrated. He really yeah. is. You Only know, took nine shots. Yeah, but he also had three blocks, two steals. Uh, I mean, he he was. Yeah, as good as he needed to be for this Hawks team to win today. And yeah. they, they're going to need him to play this well if they're going to continue to hope to uh, advance, not just past Cleveland, but, you know, even further than that. Um, he's just not going to have – he was licking his chops at, yeah. <laughs> at this matchup today. Yeah. It's not going to be the same against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley inside on Friday. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there's so many good centers in the league nowadays, and he's not even mentioned that category yeah. because he's so limited in what he does, but the things that he does do. He's the perfect he, complimentary he does, player, though, for yeah. a guy like Trey Young. He does so incredible. Yeah. I think that a lot of Houston's success is because of Clint Capella, and as soon as they traded yeah. him, they just went all downhill from there. They yeah, really no, did. I, I think he is very much underrated on that that Houston team. And the Hawks, I realize they won by nearly 30, but they played 13 guys in this game today. Yeah, yeah. 13 guys in a playoff yeah. game. Playoff that, atmosphere. That's, that's absurd. <laughs> Nobody plays 13 guys in a playoff game. 24 points for Trey Young tonight. 8 of 24 from the field. If I told you Trey Young shot one for seven from three-point range this game, would you even believe me if I was like, the Hawks shot 50% from three-point range? <laughs> well, I might, actually, because the Hawks have that many good shooters on this team. They're really loaded uh, with guys that can shoot it from the outside. Yeah, Kevin Herter jumped into the starting lineup here, yeah. 13 points for him, uh, five Andre rebounds, Hunter, Gallinari, four assists, a steal. Yep. Um, they just they're loaded with shooters. Yeah, I thought we were gonna get, get to see some more run by Kevin Knox. Only two minutes for him. Uh, I don't really know what to expect from him. He had such a great rookie season in New York. Kind of fell out of rotation there with Coach Tibbs. Gets traded uh, for 
what's that dude's name? Uh, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. And he hasn't really done much in Atlanta at this point. He hasn't really gotten on the floor that much either. Yeah. Why do you think they moved on from Cam Reddish? Uh, not too many minutes? mouths to feed yeah. on this team. And DeAndre Hunter is a guy that, you know, I, th- I think is th- – they're choosing DeAndre Hunter over Cam Reddish at this point because Reddish is a fine young player with a lot of potential and a good two-way player. Mm-hmm. But DeAndre Hunter right now is a better two-way player. When he's healthy, he is. Yeah. That is for sure. Bogdan Bogdanovich had a huge game, 25 minutes, only four of nine from the field, but 13 points for him, just doing what Bogey does. We got to see a few ex-Kings in this game. We got to see DeLon Wright play, uh, as I mentioned, Isaiah Thomas play, but just an overall great team win by Atlanta. They completely dominated this entire game, almost every single category. They just wanted it more, Calvin. They did. They absolutely did. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's par for the course as, as far as I'm concerned. You know, this, I, I wasn't expecting Atlanta to win by 30, <laughs> but I certainly could have foreseen a 20 point win. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because I was predicting that the second game was going to be a blowout and the Spurs were not even going to be close in that game. And then it looked like at one point that both games were going to be blowouts. The Spurs were able to come back there at the end and only lose by 10. But, uh, yeah, that first game was uh, time probably better spent at the beach for me today. (laughs) Yeah. Any other thoughts on that uh, Hornets-Hawks game? Uh, No, not necessarily, but I kind of want to talk about this trade proposal here from Priest. Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward for De'Aaron Fox. The only problem with that is Miles Bridges, I believe, is going to be a free agent after that. Or does he have one year left? Uh, I don't think he's played four years in the league yet. Let me let me look it up. Have. Let me look it up here. I thought he was like 2019 draft. And I I don't know if oh well, you're right. You'd probably he is a restricted 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 free agent. Free agent. Okay. So, and I I don't know if you're probably gonna have to throw in something else from Sacramento there to because Gordon Hayward makes a crap ton of money as well. Seven point four million dollar qualifying offer for him, and uh, the cap hold is like sixteen million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. But uh, let, me, let me take a look here and see. I mean, you might be able to do a sign-and-trade to make things work out. But, Calvin, let's hear your thoughts. Well, initially, you know, I kind of like this deal. I mean, what is one of the thing biggest things that the Kings need? It's wing depth, right? Uh, yep. Maybe a guy that you can take over for Harrison Barnes eventually, if not sooner than later. And I think Miles Bridges or Gordon Hayward, you could plug them into the starting lineup right away. Plus, that gives you another really solid option off the bench. Yeah, so the Kings would have to send out a decent amount of salary. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that. I think that's going to hang this trade up. Maybe a, a Rashawn Holmes or, or a Justin Holiday. Gordon Hayward's making more money than De'Aaron Fox. For me, I'm saying no to the deal. Oh, really? I'd say no to the deal if I was Charlotte. Really? Yeah. I, I just... It's the same thing for me as Russell Westbrook. Like, everybody's yep. talking about Russell Westbrook to the Hornets this offseason. But in my opinion, you're going to you're gonna hamper LaMelo Ball's development as a player if you put another guy in the backcourt with him that needs the ball in their hands. Yeah, He, he needs a strictly catch-and-shoot guy next to him. That's exactly what he needs. A, t- a yep. two-way guy who can play defense, but not somebody like Westbrook – 
or even De'Aaron Fox, who are going to have high usage numbers and, and command uh, the the ball in their hands a lot. Charlotte needs to focus on getting the big man. That's really what they need. I like Miles Bridges a lot. Gordon Hayward's a good player. He's just injured so much, and he makes way too much makes money. Makes an insane amount of money. And he's getting up there in age. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't feel like he lines up with this Kings uh, core as far as, like, windows. I'm I'm keeping Fox. I'd rather trade Fox for a guy like Bradley Beal. I love Miles Bridges, though. I think that would be a great – if the Kings were somehow able to get him, Yeah, that, that would be a great – Hey, pick. maybe Rashawn Holmes for Miles Perhaps. Bridges. Perhaps. Perhaps. Sign and trade or something like that. They need a center. Yeah. And they don't play defense. Yeah. Perfect for Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> Imagine the alley-oops from LaMelo oh, Ball yeah, to Rashawn Holmes. That would be Holmes. fun to watch for sure. Brian likes Hayward. I mean, I it's not I like that Hayward I don't like him. Yeah. It's just I don't think that his salary. It's hard to justify is, paying him that much money um, for what you're going to expect. Yeah. From him. I mean, he's a max – He's on a max deal. Is he a max player? I don't think so. Is he the best player on your team? Uh, Can he be the best player on your team? I don't think so. That's that's hard to answer because I think they're – that's just unfortunately the state of the NBA. I think a bunch of guys get max contracts that you might not consider. I mean, outside of Sacramento, there's probably a bunch of people who don't consider De'Aaron Fox a max player, and he got a max contract. I, it's a, That's a Potential. different story for a different day. But I'm just yeah. saying, like – just because a guy gets a max contract in today's NBA yeah. doesn't necessarily mean they're max players anymore. Like it, It's true, but I also feel like a lot of guys are paid on potential. Yeah, De'Aaron sure. Fox is going to get better. Oh, yes. Like I said, Gordon it's a Hayward, very, very, very different situation. I don't think Gordon Hayward can get any yeah. better. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's uh, on the way off at this point, and that's just because of injuries and age. I like the guy. I like his game. Not a good fit for and Sacramento. And not a defender. Yeah. Whatsoever. That's that is something that Sacramento absolutely has to focus on. Yep. So anything else you want to talk about? Hornets Hawks. No, it's that game is over. Uh as Chick Hearn used to say, it's in the refrigerator. <laughs> the eggs are getting hard. The, or the what does he say? The eggs are getting cold, the butter's getting hard, and the jello's jiggling. It's that game is over. So it's official. We have two teams going fishing today. First off is the Charlotte Hornets after their humiliating defeat. MJ is not happy. And uh, number two is the San Antonio Spurs. Two teams gone now. Eliminated, Calvin. Out. What's next for these teams? It's back to the drawing board. I mean, we kind of already touched a little bit on Charlotte and and what they need to do in the offseason. I think they're ahead of schedule, actually, uh, for the way that they played this season. I didn't expect the Hornets to be even close uh, to the play-in tournament this year. So, But I, as we said before, I think they need to focus on their uh, front-line rotation, mm. finding a, a legit starting center. Um, I don't think or I'm not sure Montrez Harrell is really that guy. I, I like Montrez a lot as a player, but I, th- I think in order for that team to get better, that they should look for an upgrade at that position or the power forward position. They need to figure out what they're doing with P.J. Washington, whose name came up a bunch uh, in trade rumors at the deadline this year. Uh, And they've, just like Sacramento, they've got to figure out how to play defense. 
Yeah, I like P.J. Washington for the Kings. I mean, and he's I'm, a little undersized. I'm not so but sure. Still. They're undersized everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a good portion of this game where they were playing Miles Bridges at the five guarding Clint Capella. Yep. So they, they definitely play a small lineup. Um, I'm not sure I really like the Rozier and LaMelo Ball backcourt. They're both good players in their own right. I just mm-hmm. don't know if it works together. Uh, I, I think that they... I didn't like the decision to let go of Devontae Graham for yeah. them. I, I thought he was perfect for that team. He was on the up and up, you know, had just come off of a really, really good season, and they basically let him walk. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I think they definitely got to focus on uh, developing some young talent and what they're going to do with this front court. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about Scary Terry. He's undersized. He's playing the shooting guard role on this team. They just got rid of an undersized shooting guard in Malik Monk, who has had a breakout yeah. season in L.A. But uh, I think they need to upgrade at the shooting guard position, and then, yeah, they need to find a big man. I just think that he's too small. You can't play shooting guard at 6'1". It, yeah, it's really tough. We've seen Davion Mitchell try it. Right. Uh, I just feel like size is important in, in the NBA. It just is. It's part of the game. It's important. And it's not everything, but it's important. Uh, they... They have their biggest problem is that they've got like seven of the same player. Yeah. Like Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier. um, You know, they all, they're they're not the exact same player, but they all do roughly the same types of things. Jalen McDaniels. On the court. So positionless basketball is great. And that's, that might be the direction the NBA is going. But if you can't play team defense together, with that lineup where you're going to be switching a bunch of, of screens, they end up getting in these terrible uh, mismatches off of these switches. It means that your positionless basketball is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need to start MJ next to a uh, ball. <laughs> That's the only way it's going to happen. All right, well, moving here on to the second team that has gone fishing today, the San Antonio Spurs. I think uh, many people would say, it's kind of weird to say this, but they've overachieved. Oh, and, yeah, and for sure. even being in this potential spot, this was the Lakers' spot to lose, and the Lakers lost it. So the Spurs were able to move up here. Uh, their GM is probably feeling a little bit relieved that he actually has a chance in the lottery now. Yeah. But, uh, you know. <laughs> they don't have their pick, though. Oh, they traded that pick. Yeah. Huh? Wow, that's rough. But they have DeJounte Murray. Uh, you know, he's been playing incredibly well. Devin Vassell, as I as I mentioned, yeah. is absolutely killing it for them. Lonnie Walker, I like him a lot. I'd like to see a little bit more out of him. But what is this team doing moving on here? Well, again, I'm looking at the front court. I mean, Jakob Pertl had a a pretty good year, I think, for his standards. You know, I, I don't consider him to be one of the better uh, centers or big men in the game, but he played very well for them this season. I just think they need to, they have some questions to answer down there on the front line. You know, they, they now have Zach Collins, a guy who has been out of basketball for a long time over the past couple of years with injuries. What are they really going to do with him? How much can you rely on him for? Um, and then you've got guys like Doug McDermott and Devin Vassell and, and all these guys who, you know, might be at different stages of their careers. Uh, I, th- I think it's a personnel issue with them. They're, they've got some really nice 
starting blocks. DeJounte Murray, um, I like Devin Vassell a lot as a player, and Keldon Johnson had a really, really solid rookie season. He he definitely played better than I expected him to, especially offensively. Mm-hmm. It's a guy. This is a guy who was advertised as an athletic freak with a lot of defensive potential, but he shot really, really well from three this year. I want to say he actually was at 40% from three. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but I think he was pretty close, if not there. Um, so they've got some good things to go off of. Lonnie Walker is a big question mark for me. I think he's got an amazing potential. Um, he, he can really get hot very, very quickly. But, again, kind of like Charlotte, that to me they've got a bunch of the same type of player here. Joshua Primo is another guy, their first-round pick this season, yep. who they have high hopes for. He was drafted, I think, a, a lot higher than most people expected, um, and he hasn't really panned out the the way that they might have hoped there's still time for sure but they just they just got a lot of young question marks to answer on this team and i i do uh expect them to look pretty closely at their front line as well so we were mistaken here on the draft picks they actually have four draft picks in this draft three first rounders and a second rounder they have their own first round pick uh, they can land between one and four. They have a four and a half percent chance of getting the number one overall pick. If they don't win the lottery, it drops to between nine and thirteen, depending on how the seeding works out. They also have first round picks from Boston and Toronto, and they have the Lakers second round pick as well. Wow! So they expect them to be busy. Yeah, they have drafting. a lot of they have a lot of uh, things to work with here. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think uh, Jakob Pertl is the answer for them at center. You know, he, I think he's he's more of a of a backup center to me. I agree. They need to figure out who that is, and uh, I I think honestly they just need to figure out what the direction of this team is going to go. Is Greg Popovich? How long is he going to stay around? Yeah, that's another question. Is is he sure. is he here for a full rebuild? Obviously, he's yeah. been there the past two seasons and they've underperformed, and he's still there. But I think they need to figure out what's going on with Greg, or sorry, with Pop. So if he's there to stay, they might need to speed up this process a little bit versus if he moves on, maybe one of his assistants or somebody he groomed comes back in, takes over, and then they can take their time and rebuild this thing and try and get back to where they were, where they're a competitive team for 20 years. 20 years and you know honestly they are one of the best run franchises in the nba so in all the professional sports i wouldn't be surprised if they are back in the playoffs sooner rather than later yeah Uh, if Dejounte murray continues to get better like he already made an all-star team this year he's a a really really fine young player so that's a great start right there what are your thoughts on Zach Collins? I, I know he's been dealing with a ton of injuries. He was originally drafted by Sacramento, traded to Portland. Uh, I think he was like the number 10th pick overall. He's had more injuries, but he played okay today. 17 minutes, 5 points, 2 rebounds. Obviously not what he did when he was in Portland. But is he a future player on this team? Somebody to build around? And not, then, not for me. Okay. I, I You know, I don't um see what the spurs see in practice every day but I, at this point like you said he's been hurt a lot and i you know i'm just wondering i'm not sure how much he, money he makes either but i feel like it's a decent amount let me, let me uh, take a look here. so 
I just feel like you you can't rely on him for what what you really need out of him. Let me. I'm just running his salary here real quick. I don't think it's much. So he signed a three-year, $22 million contract with San Antonio. So he's averaging about seven, seven and a half. Okay, a so season. yeah, it's less than I thought it was. But still, it, I, I just worry about his overall productivity. You know, I, I'd be interested to see how many total games he's played in the past two or three years. Yeah. It, it's At some point, it, it gets hard to rely on somebody looking at this constantly missing games looking at this entire roster here of san antonio how many starters do you see actually on this team Oof, that's tough i mean you got josh richardson coming off the bench he played a ton of minutes tonight 12 points for him you got lonnie walker coming off the bench you know then you got guys like romeo langford who have bounced around not really sure what to expect from him uh and zach collins coming off the bench like i see maybe two Three starters. Yeah, they, on this they have a bunch of tweeners uh, on this team. Guys that you might hope become starters, like a Devin Vassell, who th- this is only his second season, so you hope there's still some progression to be made from him, and he can eventually become a full time starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Doug McDermott, Lonnie Walker, these are guys who have started a bunch of games in the in the NBA for multiple teams. But uh, are they on a team that you want to build? around the hopes of winning a title, are those guys really going to be your starters? I, I'm not sure. Zach Collins is another one who you want, you would expect yep. to start when he's healthy, uh, when he's playing really well, but he just hasn't worked himself back into that form yet. And even Jakob Pertl, he starts on this team, but is he really a starter? So, yeah, the, to me, they just have a bunch of in-between guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they have a bunch of guys and a bunch of picks now that they can try and trade up try and acquire one of these yeah. guys, make a big trade. But, you know, it's been interesting because all the guys that they've really brought in, like a LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, a DeMar DeRozan, all these guys haven't really flourished in the system. So, you know, I, I might be a little hesitant to bring in a guy like a Bradley Beal or somebody like that that, you know, I know Pop is, is a great coach. Like I said, one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he only works with certain types of, of players and superstars stars otherwise they're just too much into themselves or or they just don't buy into the system right well i'm not so sure i agree with that i i think all of his players buy into the system i mean we already mentioned they they led the league in assists per game this year they really share the ball they san when you think of san antonio they've had these mega stars right over the last 20 years, Duncan and Ginobili and Parker Mm -hmm. and the list goes on Kawhi Leonard, all that stuff. But even those guys played within pop system. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that if you go play for Greg Popovich, you're playing his way. Yeah. You're not playing your own way, but it might hinder you as a player. Like it did to uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Did it really hinder him though? I mean, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. So, I remember after his first season was over, he was considering asking for a trade. And Greg Popovich admits that he used him in the wrong way. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to let him do more of his thing. I tried to do too much with him. I tried to take him out of his game. I tried to make him one of these system players, and that's not what he is. And, I mean, 
he didn't really thrive after that point. He moved on. You know, we saw him with Brooklyn. Then he had uh, the heart injury or the heart issue. Yeah. I think he's back now. But uh, yeah, it's just it's interesting, right? Because you you look at such an amazing coach in such an amazing amazing franchise. And then it seems like when guys like DeMar DeRozan leave there, they just have career years. <laughs> Maybe it's just uh, one guy. I, I think it's probably more of a one-off. I mean, first of all, how many Look at Kawhi Leonard. How many coaches would actually say something like that? Admit yeah. that they used a guy the wrong way and they yep. impacted his performance negatively. Yep. There aren't many coaches I can think of that would say that. And it's funny because when he's interviewed by the media, he literally answers in like five oh, words. Oh, he gives the best interviews. It was a bad game. <laughs> and then we saw Kawhi Leonard also left the Spurs, played great. Not that he didn't play good with the Spurs. Was but the finals MVP he had with probably, the Spurs. He had probably his best season of his career with Toronto. Oh, yeah, he did. But, again, yeah. finals MVP with the Spurs. He, he played really well for them, too. Yep. To everyone that's just joining us, welcome to Basketball at the Bar, your favorite sports bar. We're just breaking down the games today, uh, the teams that got eliminated. Make sure you guys hit that like button down below. Hit that subscribe button. We put out fresh live content Monday through Friday. We would love if you guys join us. A couple more things today on the menu. We are going to cover the Clippers and Sorry. Pelicans preview for Friday's game, also the Cavaliers-Hawks preview, and then we're going to jump into Q&A with you, the fans, the barflies, here in the chat. So get your questions, get your subjects ready, post them here in the get chat. Get popcorn ready. And uh, Calvin and I would love to interact with you all and, and have a good time answering all those questions. So, Calvin, Friday, I'm excited. Two more games till the playoffs start. <laughs> we're almost there. First off, we have the Clippers and the Pelicans. Because the Clippers have a better record, they will be hosting this game. Let me hear your thoughts and a prediction for Pelicans at Clippers. I think this game is going to be a close game. Um, to me, you know, I, I don't think – I haven't heard anything about Kawhi. I'm not expecting him to play in this game, which, of course, would help uh, the Clippers immensely. But I think that the Clippers are going to play better than they did against Minnesota. Uh, Paul George, uh, you know, I'm certainly expecting another big game out of him. And to me, the X factor here is actually Jonas Valanciunas. Okay. Because I expect CJ to have a good game. I expect Brandon Ingram to score around 20 points, maybe a little more. Um, I expect Paul George to have a big game as well. Mm-hmm. Valanciunas, to me, if he can dominate that matchup inside with Zubats, that's going to be a big key to New Orleans winning this game. That being said, I'm still going to take the Clippers. Okay. I just think the Clippers are going to have a bounce-back game after a rough one. They're going to have a really bad taste in their mouth from Pat Bev. <laughs> they, they're going to come Who out. Who doesn't? Well, of course, but they're going to come out ready to play. They're going to mm -hmm. be at home, and I, I think they're going to win this game. Okay. I'm a little mixed on this game. You know, that last Clippers game gave me a bad taste in my <laughs> mouth for the Clippers because I picked them just like you to win that game, and they totally disappointed. This this Clippers team is, is like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? Like, we talk about how they have the potential to be the best 3 and D team in the league. You look at all these players, great defenders, great three-point shooters, but 
you know what they say about the three ball, right? When it falls, it falls. You live and then, by the three, you die by the three. Yeah, and then when it dries up, it dries up. Now, if I weren't to take the fourth quarter of the, of this Pelican-Spurs game in here, I would be like, oh, the Pelicans are going to blow them out. <laughs> but the Pelicans worried me in this fourth quarter of this game. Yeah. They, started, they stopped moving the ball. They let the Spurs kind of work their way back in here. Be real here. The Spurs had no they had no business even being in this game. They're only here because the Lakers suck. <laughs> that is the only reason why. So Can we hear that again? The Lakers suck. The Lakers suck. So I think it's gonna be a really, really close game. I'm not gonna make a prediction here as far as who's gonna win this game. But Oh. But you're not gonna make a prediction. But I'm gonna tell you. I think between Paul George and C.J. McCollum, whoever has mo- more points, that team's going to win. Okay. Because I think that matchup is going to be huge. If Paul George can shut down C.J., Pelicans are going to be in trouble. I think the Clippers need Paul George to score more in this game than the Pelicans need C.J. to score. Really? Yeah. Okay. Paul, Paul George, to me, has to have about 30 points. Yeah. I think they both have to have 30 to win. Well, Brandon Ingram is the guy for me. Like, yeah. if he, Brandon Ingram goes off and has, you know, 30, 35, something like that, they can win that game with CJ only scoring somewhere in the teens. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram's just coming back from the hamstring injury. It didn't seem to hamper him tonight. He had 27 points. But, you know, those things can linger, and you never know. A day after, two days after, maybe he's a little bit slower. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, it is going to be a really, really fun game to watch. It really is. All right, moving on here. Cavaliers are hosting the Atlanta Hawks for the final playoff spot. I know the Cavaliers lost yesterday, but they did it in pretty impressive fashion. They were in the game. They mm-hmm. stuck around. They came back. They tried. They were playing the Nets, which... In my opinion, I have no business even being in the play-in tournament because they should have been in the playoffs already. Ooh, they have 11-game losing streak this season. I think they're one of the only teams in the NBA to have that. Maybe Houston is one of those. Yeah. I know Detroit didn't. I'm not sure about Orlando. I know Sacramento didn't lose that many games in a row. So it's just incredible that they're even in this position. The Hawks played incredibly well today. A very impressive performance by them. But I want to hear your take on this Hawks at Clippers. Or, sorry, Cavaliers. This game is going to be a real interesting game to me because these two teams are almost polar opposites of each other. Atlanta is run and gun, get up and down, shoot a ton of threes, score a ton of points, um, and not play very much defense. Mm -hmm. Cleveland is the exact opposite. Slow pace, grind it out, get good shots, play really good defense, rebound the ball. I think they're sixth in the NBA or finished sixth in the NBA this year in rebounding. Um, They're going to get Jared Allen back. They've got the twin towers or even the triple towers inside if you want to throw marketing in there. So the size uh, differential, Clint Capella is going to be a really, really important part for the Hawks. He's got to play big. He's got to hold his own inside uh, because he's going to have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley coming at him all day long. Evan Mobley is probably – uh, the X factor for me here in this game, just because I'm not sure who Atlanta has guarding him. Capella is probably going to be on Jared Allen. They don't have a lot of other serious defenders. DeAndre Hunter is a really, really good defender, um, and he might end up having to guard Evan Mobley for a lot of this game. 
But Mobley's got a big reach advantage on him and is very skilled in the post, which is not traditionally where DeAndre Hunter defends people. So it's it's really it, this game is whose strength ends up being the bigger strength. Mm-hmm. If the Hawks are able to shoot lights out from three like they did against the Hornets, they've got a great chance to win this game. But if Cleveland can make that difficult for them, not give them a bunch of open threes like they had tonight, they can slow the game down a little bit, they've got a good chance to win. I'm going to pick Cleveland overall to, to win this game, though. Okay. I think Darius Garland and Trey Young are going to cancel each other out, so to speak, uh, because both of them are going to have good offensive games. And then that means it's who steps up inside, and I'm going to take Cleveland's big men over Clint Capella. Yeah, I mean, Jared Allen's not official that he's playing. Not official, but, but I would be shocked if it he It sounds play. like he is. We don't know what's going on with John Collins. I would expect him to at least try and make it a yeah. go in this game. Maybe he can help slow down some of those big guys like Mobley and Markkanen. Not known for his defense. No, and but, asking a lot to yeah. try and stop a, yeah. a seven-footer inside. Yeah, and he's a little undersized yeah. at the position as well. I'm going to have to agree with you. I think the Cavaliers are going to win this game. Uh, I think that they have to defend the three-point line. That's the key 100%. for me. 100%. That is the key for me because I'm not worried about inside. You, you got all those big guys inside. That's fine. But if the Hawks shoot 40% from three-point range in this game, they win the game. Yeah. So I think Cleveland's got to do exactly what you said. They got to muck it up. They got to slow down the game. Uh, and, and they just they have to stop the three ball. And Cleveland has an advantage that Atlanta does not in that they can put Isaac Okoro on Trey Young. Yep. Bigger defender, guy that's known for his defense. Um, Atlanta can't doesn't have somebody that they can do that to for Darius Garland. I mean, mm-hmm. they could put somebody like DeAndre Hunter on him, but I think that's going to hurt them because they're going to need him to guard some of these bigger players for Cleveland. So advantage Cleveland in that regard. Yeah, and not even to mention they got Rondo coming off the yeah. bench. You could put Rondo out there. Like if you if Trey Young hits a couple threes in this game early on, I'm just putting Rondo out there and I'm just saying I don't care if you get kicked out of the game or what, Rondo, just make yep. it tough on him. Be a pest. Be be Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Just go in there, push him down, you know, do whatever it takes to slow this guy down. I think Trey Young is is a phenomenal player, incredible shooter, but those shooters, I mean, you, you've seen it with Steph Curry as well. When you get physical with them, it makes their game much, much harder. It does, and you, you also got to take into effect the amount of energy that they have to expend over the course of a full game because Cleveland's going to go at Trey Young on yep. offense. They're going to make him play defense. Yep. And now you you got a bigger defender that you can use on Trey Young on the other side of the ball, so he still has to work really hard to get his shots off offensively. Does that affect him, you know, late in the game if he's got to play 42, 43 minutes in this game? We'll we'll see. Yeah, I think Darius Garland is 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 a great player. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, Calvin, you picked the Clippers on Friday? Right, you you took the. Clippers? I did. I did take the Clippers. All right, I'll I'll take the Pelicans. You want to bet a shot of tequila on this? We can bet a shot. Of, you want tequila or Jameson? Ooh, let's do Jameson. Shot of Jameson, it is. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> Come on, Pelicans. Let's see it. Any more thoughts on these games on Friday? I mean, I'm excited. I know you are. And I, I'm excited. I'm more 
excited because this means that we're going to get to Saturday when the real games start. Yes. But uh, I think that we got the best possible matchups for the final day of the plan. So it, it should make for an exciting day. Yeah, and I just want to remind you all real quick that although there's no games tomorrow, we will still be live here on the channel. Uh, we're going to be live on Royal Rebounds for about 30 minutes or so with coaching updates. We're going to talk about exit interviews, some of these players, some off-season moves we'd like to see happen. That's going to be about 3.30 uh, p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then we're going to jump right in at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here at Basketball at the Bar. We're going to talk about all these matchups, what we like, what we dislike. We might make some more bets and some more predictions <laughs> on these games. And then Friday, we are going to stream early as well. I'm not sure the exact time yet, but we will let you know as soon as we know. All right, Calvin, are we ready to move on to Q&A? I think we are. All right, guys, we are here. It's Q&A. We'll give you a couple minutes here. If you guys have any questions, any subjects you want us to talk about, any comments, anything, let us know in the chat, and we would be happy to dive in and answer it and uh, just hang out with you guys and talk. While they're doing that, Calvin, um, I mean, I I had a lot of fun watching these games today. Any, any games surprise you or no? no? No, neither of these games surprised me today. I... I kind of had a feeling that, well, I, I thought that Atlanta and New Orleans were going to win. I had a feeling Atlanta was going to win by a lot. Mm -hmm. I thought the San Antonio game could be a little bit closer, but n no surprises to me here. The better teams won. Yeah. I was I was actually pretty surprised today. Uh, you know, we didn't see a single person glue themselves to the court. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a new TikTok trend or <laughs> that something true. that we were going to see going on. I actually yes. found the girl. I saw her picture online, and, and she said it was because the owner of the of the Timberwolves was killing chickens or something. <laughs> yeah. So she decided she was. Just wait. Next year, the NBA is going to announce that you can't bring glue into the stadium anymore. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I was actually going to get a couple bottles of glue and set them up here on the <laughs> stage and be like, today's show is sponsored by Elmer's. <laughs> your favorite glue yeah if we get to uh 20 likes i'll glue my swollen hand to the table <laughs> oh man that's so funny you guys have any questions ivan priest brian anything you guys want to mention before we end the show here alfie man i didn't see you there welcome welcome jay drew Happy you guys all tuned in. Oh, Key Kings, I missed you too. You guys are all here having a good time. Thank you guys so much for, for joining in. We had a great day just talking hoops, watching hoops, drinking some beers, having fun. Right? Always. It's so much fun. Talking basketball, drinking beers. Drinking Doesn't beers. Get any better than that. Setting up our new stage here. We still got Peja up there. He's facing forward. Should he be facing forward or should we turn him around? I mean, he's not losing any games, but... He's not losing any games. Yeah, he's fine. He wants to watch the plan. I think he's excited for the offseason because I know I am. <laughs> and I hope you guys are excited for the offseason as well because we're going to be talking about that tomorrow on the show. So yes, make sure are. you guys tune in for that. Uh, I got a wish list of some things the Kings need to do to get better. I just need to figure out what Monty's phone number is. <laughs> I actually saw a picture of him uh, in Arizona. I think he's in Arizona right now. 
some Kings fans were at a bar, ran into Monty in Arizona at a bar, and we're taking photos with him, talking to him, doing him. I guess he spent like 30 minutes with them talking about the Kings and, and all that. And I'm just thinking to myself, Man. missed it by three weeks. Yeah, we just missed him. <laughs> if we have to trade Rashawn, who would like to trade with? What would you expect in return? That's a tough question, uh, Ivan. It is Because we really don't know what's happening with, with Rashawn and his legal troubles and all that and how that will affect his trade value. But one thing we mentioned earlier was the was the Hornets, right? They need a center. I feel like Rashawn would fit really good on that team. And they actually have quite a few players that I wouldn't mind picking up. You know, I, I know you're not the biggest P.J. Washington fan, but I, I like him. I think he can do things that, uh, you know, not a lot of guys on the Kings roster can do. He would. I think he would fit well next to Sabonis. Yeah, I like uh, I like Miles Bridges, as, as you mentioned, a lot. I think maybe a Miles Bridges for Rashawn Holmes sign-and-trade would be a perfect deal for both that, teams. To me, that's probably the best possible uh, outcome if you're going to trade with Charlotte. What are your thoughts on Kelly Oubre? Because I've liked him for a really long time. I, know, I don't like him as and much as you do. He's only 26. I'm looking yeah. at him like, how is he only 26? I feel like this guy's been in the league for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely take him on the Kings because, again, they need wing depth. Yeah. They need shooting. Um, he is a pretty reasonable defender. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he could be better if he, if he wanted to be, but he's better than a lot of the Kings defenders are right now. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind picking him up. I like him a lot because he can get so hot. When he's making shots, like, I saw him in Golden State just on fire, dude. And I feel like there's times in the Kings season that we've seen, you know, this season, last season, where during a game they just can't score, right? They go through these droughts of, like, four, five minutes long without scoring. I think you can give the ball to Kelly Oubre and he could get a bucket in that time. Probably. My only concern with Kelly is, is that to me he uh he's one of those guys that I I could see losing motivation in Sacramento especially if the team goes on a big losing streak when there's a little bit of drama he is not an ideal I guess role model as you would say yeah. as far as teammates he's got a big personality he's outspoken he's a good basketball player uh, but I, I could see things snowball pretty quickly out of control uh, with him if the Kings are being the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Priest. Always always appreciate you stopping by, man. OB Toppin for Rashawn or uh, Rashawn? All right, so here's the, here's the deal. I love OB Toppin. I actually thought I picked him to win Rookie of the Year two yeah. years ago. Yeah. I thought he was just going to come in and kill it. I was dead wrong on that. I still like Obi Toppin as a player. I think he's going to, I don't know if he's ever going to be in my mind, a, a legit starting power forward in the NBA, but I think he could definitely be a really good role player on a team for a long time. And I think he's going to continue to get a little bit better. I just don't know how big the ceiling is for him. Yeah. And right now to, to trade, I don't even know if that trade would work because I'm not sure how much Obi Toppin makes, but I would need more out of that deal than just Obi Toppin if I'm going to let go of Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, and he's undersized as well, too. He's he's an undersized guy. Yeah, Techno Peasant, I, I know. I, I remember Ubre shooting 19% from three-point range. But, I mean, 
we're talking about the Sacramento Kings who have gone, like I said, through, <laughs> through like droughts of five minutes. I'll take 19% shooting from three versus yeah. 0%. Yeah. As Sacramento was. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. That's just like uh, <laughs> nothing but net. Jimmer for debt. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think we should bring any guys because they I rhyme. I love Obi. I love Obi as a player. Um, you were all on, I, the, you were on really, the OB train. I really was, man. Yeah. I, I, no, I think his game, unfortunately, I don't. his game is probably just not quite what it needs to be for the NBA. I don't yeah. know if he's ever really going to have a, a three-point shot in the NBA. But that being said, he can give you some really, really solid minutes, rebounding his athleticism, um, super crazy lob threat. If the guy can ever develop some type of jump shot, he'll immediately vault his game to another level. And there's still time for that. But I I think if you were to talk about a trade right now today, yeah. Rashawn Holmes, if I'm sending him to the Knicks, I need more coming back than just Obi Toppin. Yeah, and, and I'm not just trading Rashawn Holmes for any of these guys. I, I'm going to wait and see what's going on with some of these big-name guys because yeah. – like I said, you need to match salary, right? So if a Bradley Beal becomes available, if a John Collins becomes available, Rashawn Holmes is the guy that you can throw in to add another $10 million to whatever salary you can and make it match. So I'm going to wait for the big dominoes to fall first before I end up trading Rashawn Holmes for uh, a guy that's underperformed. Yeah, and I, and I think the Kings really need to Obviously, power forward and shooting guard are the two positions that they want to improve the most, right? But they really have to take into account who they put next to Sabonis. Yep. I mean, Obi Toppin, I like the idea of a high-low set where Sabonis gets the ball at the free throw line and Obi Toppin is running short quarter in a short corner for potential lobs or dump-offs, mm-hmm. things like that. But he's not a floor spacer. Not and at all. I, I don't like that fit very much I, I think they really need to focus pj washington i would much rather have next to sabonis than obi toppin i mean obi toppin and deer and fox running in the full court like would be oh yeah awesome it's exciting definitely. but once the game and slows down if they somehow had miles bridges on that team too that right? would be really fun but. but once the game slows down once you're in those like half court sets and yeah. you got obi toppin and sabonis trying to figure out who belongs where i, I just think you're gonna you're gonna run into some troubles there all right, Calvin, you ready to wrap up the show here? I think so. Thank you, everybody out there. Yeah, guys, Appreciate bar's closing. Guys Close out your tabs. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate you all. We will be live tomorrow. As I mentioned, it'll be a little bit earlier. Uh, like I said, 12.30 p.m. Hawaii time, uh, which is 3.30 p.m. California time or 6.30 p.m. Eastern Conference or Eastern Standard Time. On Royal Rebounds, we're going to do a 30-minute Kings coverage, and then we're going to jump over here at 1 o'clock our time, 4 o'clock your time. i got to do all these times. <laughs> or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to just, uh, you know, talk about the playoffs, the play-in, all this fun stuff. So make sure you guys join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening, and uh, thanks, guys. Bye.